punch you right in the eye. 732-364-3598. That's 732-364-3598. Me? I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. A couple different things we're going to get into today. In a world of baseball, sports, and unifying America, and we're going to stay away from baseball all together unless we get some comments or some phone calls or anybody that wants to talk about the sport of baseball. There's a lot of stuff exciting about this weekend. Still not sure about those last couple spots in regards to the National League playoff picture. Uh, it looks like the Cubs are in. It looks like the Brewers are in. But then you have the Dodgers and you have the Rockies and the Cardinals basically vying for two spots. One team's going to win the NL West and the other team's going to get in as that second wild card. So either the Dodgers or the Rockies or the St. Louis Cardinals, when it's all said and done, are going to miss out on the playoffs. So that's some stuff to be up on as we get ready for this weekend. We're going to roll right into it in regards to NFL picks. And my record has not been so good in the first three weeks, but the one thing I always want to reiterate when it comes to the NFL picks that I do, now that we got legalized sports betting in the state of New Jersey, we have a situation where I can bet and I do bet on every single game that I bring up on this show. So if it comes to other sports and I decide to put predictions out there, those predictions are backed by my own money that I'm putting down on the game. doesn't mean I'm right. doesn't mean it's a guarantee that you should pick exactly what I pick. But I'm giving you reasons that I believe what I believe. And I'm willing to put my own money on it in some cases, larger sums of money. But, you know, the bottom line is the goal in, in any bet is to come out on top. And up to this point in a National Football League season, that has not been the case. So we're trying to build on a 6-9 and nine record through a series of a couple weeks. And we're ready to hit week four in the National Football League. So let's get it going. The picks of this week, week four in the National Football League. The first game that I was going to hit up on, and obviously anybody that watched the game last night between the Los Angeles Rams and the Minnesota Vikings, uh, a lot of what could have been expected, uh, I would have bet the over. You know, the Vikings are in a spot where they're coming off of a tough loss. You were wondering how they were going to battle and, and come back off of that. But, you know, the Rams really have proven themselves up to this point to be one of the elite teams in the entire National Football League. And if we had a favorite of who you would think has performed the best, it looks like the team is ready to take that next step and perhaps represent the NFC in the Super Bowl and perhaps do something that they have not done in, what, almost 20 years, 18 years, and that's won a Super Bowl. You know, the Rams certainly look like that team. You know, Jared Goff has become one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. If you had him in fantasy, you saw him rack up, you know, 50-plus points and you're happy that you had them starting. But the Rams certainly look like that one team that has stood out in a parity-driven league. You have a league that there are many possibilities that you could consider with a lot of teams. First, from a division standpoint. Second, from a playoff standpoint. Third, from the possibility of representing their respective conferences in the Super Bowl, and obviously to win the Super Bowl. So you know, if, you're, if you're playing odds, Hey, listen, I, I would take advantage of the opportunities to bet on sports that exist in the state of New Jersey or if it's another state that has gambling legalized. Because, you know, you're talking about minuscule bets that you could put down. You could put down $10, $20 of extra money that you may have 
on what could seem like a long shot Super Bowl pick. I'm sure the odds as we move on week by week are getting to a point where it's more and more difficult to win a ridiculous amount of money by betting on the Rams. But if you want to bet on the Rams, I would suggest do it right now. But the first game I wanted to get into this week is we're doing the NFL picks. I'm looking at this matchup between the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. And I think it's a game that can go either way. Uh, You're looking at a Detroit team that showed a ton of promise in their win against the New England Patriots. In fact, a game that I did not pick the Lions to win. I looked at the Lions over a couple weeks, and I thought they had progressed. I thought their performance in week number two was a little bit better than it was in week number one. Um, I thought coming off of week number one, and I do want to apologize for the background noise that we have, you know, in the background, and hopefully my son will end up waking up on his own. I do apologize for that. Once again, technical difficulties, passball show, it's what the show specializes in. But Lions-Cowboys, I'm going to take Detroit this week, and I'm looking at, you know, Sean Lee being out for the Dallas Cowboys, being a big deal with their defense. The one thing that stood out about Dallas, obviously, in their win against the New York Giants earlier in the season, was their ability to create some matchup issues on defense and to attack certain offenses. And I think Matthew Stafford and the Lions offense showed a lot in their win last week against New England. And Sean Lee not being in the lineup and, you know, perhaps not having him for an extended period of time is going to impact the Cowboys because I think if there was one saving grace in the Dallas Cowboys this season, the chance that maybe they could do something that, I don't know, maybe Dallas Cowboy fans believe deep down that they could do and possibly win this division, maybe get in as a wild card team. If that was going to be a possibility, they were going to need to do it on the strength of their defense. And I think the Lions, after... A couple rough games, you know, coming back pretty strong in that San Francisco game, but bouncing back with a very good performance against the New England Patriots, I think on the road in Dallas will put some people that are rooting for the Dallas Cowboys in an uncomfortable position where they're going to start to evaluate what this team should be about going forward. So the line is Dallas is getting three at home. I'm taking those three points, and I'm taking Detroit pick number one. PBS pick week number four. Next game I wanted to get into was a game that kind of drew my attention because of the line. And I looked at it, and I don't think that the New York Jets are going to come out there this week and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. But if you were following the Jaguars' performance in week number three, you, you see some weaknesses. You see an offense that if it's being stopped and they are without their top one or two running backs, they're going to have a hard time scoring points. And when the pressure is put on Blake Bortles to carry an offense, he needs some of his big weapons to help him and contribute. Blake Bortles can't do it by himself. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's obviously not that type of quarterback that it doesn't matter what type of receivers and players he has around him. He's going to move the ball down the field. He needs his elite players to stand up. He needs Leonard Fournette to be in the lineup. So I look at the Jaguars, and I'm not taking a knock on them. I don't think they're going to take a huge step back. They won their first two games. They lost in week number three against Tennessee in a game where there was absolutely no offense, a 9-6 game. And it proved that if you come up with a pretty strong defensive game plan, 
you can stop Jacksonville. And I think the Jets, with their 10 days to prepare, coming off of a rough loss themselves to the Cleveland Browns, I think can make this game competitive. And I look at the line being seven and a half, and I think that that bodes in favor of the New York Jets. And I think the Jets can come up in a spot and maybe not pull off the upset, but can make this a last possession type of game. Seven or less points, I win my bet. So game number two, I'm taking the Jets plus seven and a half at Jacksonville. Game number three is a game that I'm looking at the line and, you know, Tennessee's coming off of a big win last week. Philadelphia, week number two of their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, as they switched from Nick Foles. Carson Wentz is healthy now. So I think this is a team that is still kind of transitioning from a team that was used to Nick Foles in the playoffs in the preseason this year to now being Carson Wentz's team. I thought the Eagles had a good performance last week, but you did see a little bit of rust in the quarterback, and you would expect it. You're coming after, you know, out from a, a serious knee injury, um, an injury that would have been expected to probably even take more time for Wentz to get back. But the fact that the game is in Tennessee and the Eagles are given three and a half points, I think the Eagles are that much of a better offensive team with Wentz being rusty or not. And I think three and a half is a good enough line. I think they could cover that spread. And it may be close. It may not necessarily be a blowout. But Tennessee coming off of a couple of close wins in division, which were pretty big for, for them. And the Titans, you know, thoughts in regards to making the postseason, trying to get back there after getting there last year and a considerable period of not being in the postseason. It's going to be a tight division. You know, Jacksonville should be favorited. I think Houston is a little better than its 0-3 record would show to this point. But I think Tennessee is going to take a tough loss. Home game, I think they're going to come out motivated. But at the same time, they're playing the defending Super Bowl champions. And I think a a 3.5-point spread on the road is enough for the Eagles to be able to cover. So game number three, Eagles minus 3.5 at Tennessee. The next game is going to be a game that I'm playing a hunch. And I think a lot of people that are following the NFL and are putting reasonable picks together will probably be on board with me when they play this particular hunch that I'm about to play. The Los Angeles Chargers are at home. And the Chargers are at a point this season where they're looking back. They've underachieved. There's been a lot of expectations that this team was expected to go to the Super Bowl, expected to win the AFC West expected at the very least to get to the postseason and play in a wild card game. Now, you haven't seen enough to this point to believe that this Chargers team is going to perform at that elite level. It needs it needs to show you something. And I think they have a perfect opportunity this Sunday playing against the San Francisco 49ers who will be without Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, is the 49ers season over? A lot of people were looking at them similarly to the Los Angeles Chargers and saying that this is a team that could be on the rise, could make a run in that NFC West, could potentially be a wild card team. And I got to go back and look at my picks. I don't think I had San Francisco making the playoffs, but I did have them finishing relatively close. Not having Garoppolo is a huge difference. You saw what the difference was last year. Before they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, this was one of the worst teams in the National Football League. With Garoppolo, all of a sudden, they can't lose. Now, they have lost a couple times this year, and we're losing the game late last week when Garoppolo ended up getting hurt. I thought this could be around an 8-18. Eight eight Without Garoppolo, I don't know. 
I don't know what what they can expect without this guy in the lineup. So I look at the Chargers, and if I'm looking for one blowout this week, I could see the Los Angeles Chargers having kind of a coming out party at home when we talk about all those deep expectations that the Los Angeles Chargers were supposed to do this year. So game number four, Los Angeles Chargers minus 10.5 at home against the San Francisco 49ers. So the last game I'm going to pick is another late game, the Seattle Seahawks. They've been up and down this year. I think there's a reasonable amount of expectations that's still on the Seattle Seahawks. The days of the Legion of Boom are probably no longer in existence. You're not looking at that defense as one of the best defenses of all time. It's just not fair to give that team that much credit. There's some turmoil inside. Earl Thomas wants to be traded. He's showing up to practice. He's not showing up to practice. There's a lot of issues going on in that Seattle team. Pete Carroll is pretty much having a gut check time. You know, is he going to be able to control this locker room? Is he going to be able to get this team through a little bit of a tumultuous period? They have an opportunity, though. They're playing at Arizona, and they're only being favored by three points. Now, I know there's that, that tradition that goes on when we talk about the Seattle Seahawks. They're very good at home, and they're very beatable on the road. And I think Arizona, starting Josh Rosen, is, is going to be kind of the turning of a new leaf, kind of a different type of opportunity for an Arizona Cardinal fan to say, hey, this may be our future. Pretty similar to Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. Pretty similar to the New York Jets and Sam Darnold. Pretty similar to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. And you've seen all three of those quarterbacks have moments where the fan base of those uh, respective teams can feel as if they have their quarterback and things are going to be a lot brighter in the future. So I think you can have a similar moment with the Arizona Cardinals against the Seattle Seahawks, but I'm still taking Seattle because I think the line is low enough that I think Seattle could cover three points on the road. I was a little wavering over this. I was saying, hey, am I going to believe in Josh Allen? Maybe have, I'm sorry, Josh Rosen having a similar show that Josh Allen had last week, that Baker Mayfield had last week, that Sam Darnold had in week number one. I think it's going to happen at some point. I think he's going to grab that offense, especially with a good leader like Larry Fitzgerald, a solid running back in David Johnson. But I believe in Seattle. I think they're going to be able to pull this one off, win on the road, an important division game for them. Because if Seattle loses this game, they could see the NFC West kind of getting away from them a little early in the season. So recap of the picks, Detroit plus three at Dallas. The Jets, plus seven and a half at Jacksonville. Philadelphia, minus three and a half at Tennessee. The Los Angeles Chargers, minus ten and a half at home against the 49ers. And the Seattle Seahawks, minus three at Arizona. So I'm taking four road teams, two road dogs, and two road favorites. Only taking one team at home, but that's the biggest spread of ten and a half. Los Angeles Chargers. At home against San Francisco. Because I am good at three things. Fighting, screwing, and talking baseball. I did want to talk a little bit about Ryder Cup. I think it gets a little national attention now this time of year. And and I think you found, I think from a national perspective, that golf is kind of on the rise. If you look at the ratings, obviously the ratings last week in the, the tournament that Tiger Woods ended up winning 
was 100% to do with Tiger Woods. You know, not the tour championship, not the crowning of Justin Rose, you know, the tour champion of the year, but Tiger Woods kind of proven that at least he's back competitively. He can win another tournament. And we mentioned that earlier on in a week. You know, you got the four majors, which I think are gaining more national attention. I think there are a lot more fair weather golf fans that are coming around when it comes to the majors. And really what golf is set up to do over the course of the year, you have the four majors within the summer months. And obviously it's done to make sure that there's the best weather possible and that the majors could kind of run off of each other and build a little momentum, almost like it's a regular season. Obviously there's golf tournaments just about every week of the year, but you have the major tournaments that are set up to where you could say, hey, this is golf season over the course of four months. Now it's set with the tour championship, but of course the Ryder Cup to be kind of a conclusion to a, to a golf season. Now the head-to-head matchups that exist in the Ryder Cup are interesting because it's really the only time of year you get to see top players matched up against each other. Now, I'm going to throw an off-the-wall take about the Ryder Cup, and I'm going to say that it's pretty similar to how I feel about the Little League World Series. Now, I understand you got the United States, a major nation, and certainly a major nation when it comes to the world of sports. And there is a little bit of, I don't know, pompousness and arrogance that exist when it comes to the United States as a country when it comes to sports. Now, the United States is one of many nations, one of many major nations that exist that are out there. So I look at the fact that the United States gets to put together their own team and have an entire team of Team Europe that's compiled of the best players that are from all the different countries. Uh, I don't know if it's fair for a number of reasons. Number one, you know, what gives the United States, and I compare it to the World Cup for this reason. The United States, obviously soccer is not a major deal in this country, so that's why the World Cup isn't the United States team against the best players in the world. In a lot of cases, the United States doesn't even qualify for the World Cup. So why are there different standards? And I understand golf is a major American and European sport. I wouldn't say that it's a sport that is solely American. You know, baseball, I think I can understand it a little more. Baseball is a sport that pretty much originated in the United States. Obviously, it's prolific in a lot of different countries, but its origins come from here in the United States. It comes from Cincinnati. It comes from, you know, different regions in the Northeast that brought baseball into existence as it came from cricket and a couple other different sports in the 1800s. But I look at golf and I say, why is it that the United States gets to put together their own Ryder Cup team? Why can't individual countries put together their own team and perhaps have a qualifier or a qualifying formula of some point? The United States, maybe, hey, if they got the best players in the world, which in a lot of cases they do, they'll come out on top and they'll be able to put their team together to go up in the Ryder Cup against whatever country has the best players. I don't know, just something to think about. I compare it to the Little League World Series, where it's essentially the United States versus the world. The United States has their own tournament and a lot of, uh, a lot of pressure and you know attention gets drawn to it over the course of the battle between all these different 
kids in all these different cities and all these different states. And yet you have a championship that somebody is crowned the champion of the United States, but they get to go to the Little League World Series finals every single year. You have the world that has all their countries set up where maybe they could put one team together to represent itself if they wanted to. Best players in a, in a, a country to go up against one team that's set from the United States. I, I could see how that could be a little bit of an advantage to the world team. But, you know, you look at it, and I don't know if it's necessarily fair that the United States Little League World Series kids get to represent, you know, a spot in the Little League World Series against the world every single year. I don't know if that's necessarily fair. So I look at Ryder Cup, and I see a little bit of a similarity there. Obviously, if you look at day one action, you know, it was interesting enough. You know, you see, uh, you know, the United States end up winning three of the four matches. Um, Tiger Woods and Patrick Reed end up losing to Francesco Molinari and Tommy Fleetwood. And the other three teams, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau and Brooks Kepka end up beating the European players. So you, you got matchups as they're set up for day number two. And Tiger Woods will not be playing, but it'll be uh, Spieth and Thomas, Mickelson and DeChambeau will play against Sergio Garcia and Alex Noren, which I think will be pretty interesting. But it's interesting about, you know, what grabs me to this. And listen, I love the United States. I'm an American. I appreciate, you know, this country. I am pro-American. But in some cases, I don't know if it's necessarily fair that in a world of sports, the United States is guaranteed different liberties that other countries aren't given. You know, when you when you put out the best of Europe, all right, I think it's still the best of the best. I think it still makes for very good competition. But no countries get to represent themselves in a world of golf pretty similar to the limitations of countries getting a chance to represent themselves in a Little League World Series. The United States is one of a bunch of countries they should have their team that ends up being its champion or its best Little League World Series team to go up against other countries and play in some sort of tournament. Once again, this is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. Last part of the show we're going to get into, I'm going to touch two topics on Nobody's Listening today. And the first one... And remember, if you're not familiar with Nobody's Listening, it's the one little part of the program where I decide to get into something that is not related to the world of sports. But it's something that's worth thinking about. And over time, I think these are issues that need to be spoken about a little more. Now, if you looked at the caption of the show, oh, it's not going to be a flash session. I'm not going to show my hooters. I'm not going to have women here that are going to show their breasts. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the restaurant Hooters and its setup, which is something that a lot of people can look at and say, hey, it's a male chauvinistic type of environment. And I can agree with that up to a certain point. You know, you, you live in a world where we want to talk about political correctness and we want to make sure that everybody has the same opportunities. And, you know, people, whether it's men or women, should not have a chance to have better advancement and better opportunities 
based off of the way that they look, based off of the figure or shape of their body. But we have to admit that even in the year of 2018, this is something that continues to be brought to the forefront. Now, this is a polarizing issue because I think there's a lot of people that say, hey, when it comes to political correctness, when is enough enough? When can't we just nat naturally allow people that may be, you know, in certain, take certain liberties when it comes to certain things and may say and believe things that are not, in some cases, politically correct to just be able to do it? You know, there's that power that exists that we say, hey, take away this, take away that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, in the end, we're all generals of our own brains. We all process the same information. And I hate to say it from a sexual attraction standpoint, from a, you know, noticing standpoint, there are certain things about the anatomy of a human being that people are going to notice. And Hooters for years has taken advantage of that. It's a, it's, I think it's a nice establishment. I think if you're a guy that is a football fan, you think of, you know, football games on TV, you think of beer, you think of food and the anatomy of a female to be able to just enjoy over the course of a football Sunday. Now, I don't have a problem with it. But at the same time, you know, that person or that, you know, women, woman, whether it's a college girl, whether it's an adult, wants to get a job, wants the opportunity to make extra money. Well, they may or may not be hired based off of the way they look, based off of the figure of their body, based off of their looks. So we live in a world where we say, hey, we shouldn't judge people based off of the way that they look. But you know, Hooters up to a certain point has to adhere to a certain standard. Now, that being said, even if they were to hire a girl, and we'd assume that, you know, waitresses that work at Hooters are female, if they get to a certain point where a girl that may not have the best looks, may not have the best body shape, is employed by Hooters, which they have the right to do, it's their call, they can hire whoever they want, I believe that their tips are going to be based off of their looks. And it's going to be a lot more of a, you know, judgment that's put on girls that work at that particular restaurant than it is, you know, women or men that work as waitresses in any other type of restaurant. Part of it's the way that they're required to dress, but part of it is the aura that kind of exists over there and what men unfortunately go there to see hooters is i would say at least a you know a pg-13 type of restaurant i wouldn't say it's quite rated r you know it's not sex videos involved but you know the way that they are required to dress is more set for an adult type of format so it's not like you're going to take you know your wife and your three kids there with you when you go to hooters but my my point is is this you know, you have a restaurant that does have a little bit of a different type of standard. The majority of other restaurants, you could be anything you want. And if you want to be work there as a waitress or a waiter or as a server, you, know, you could have good customer service skills. You could be quick in regards to take people's orders 
and you know taking the, the the food back to them in a proper manner interacting with your guest and it doesn't matter what you look like you could do a really good job at it and it doesn't matter what you look like you could do the same thing at hooters but if you're not blessed with at least above average looks and a decent to respectable body figure you're going to be judged differently it doesn't matter how good you are to the customer it doesn't matter how quick you get the food out to them. It doesn't matter how interactive you are to them. Unfortunately, Hooters draws people, and it's kind of a second tier. It's not necessarily promiscuity. It's not necessarily a strip club. But it's, it's right below that in regards to the type of expectations that people that go into that restaurant have. So moving on, last thing I wanted to talk about today, and once again, this is the Past Fall Show, brought to you by JohnPLA.com, as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. You know, this is a big topic, because I believe a lot of people think about the way that the world has changed. Technology is kind of right in front of our faces. Um, everything is at our fingertips. All you have to do if you want to send a message to a person or a group of people is just pick up your phone and just tap away, or you could just talk right into it. Now, a lot of people are in a hurry. They're doing multiple things. So I think multitasking is something that people have done a lot better at, or been a lot better at within the last 10 years or so because of technology. But a lot of shortcuts are taken. And I look at emails all the time, and I receive text messages just like anybody else does. And I'm one that can't help but judge people based off of their grammar. Now you've got the grammar police that exist. You hear all the time, hey, it's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. As we hit the final point here, the past ball show. But you got, you know, people say, hey, it's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, not your. And I think that's hypocritical in a way because these are the same people that are using the letter U as meaning the word U. And the letter C as using the word C and are using all these di different, you know, acronyms and using all these different shortening of words. The, the word season is written in, in many cases, S-Z-N. So you're using abbreviations and acronyms and different uh, substitutes for different words. Yet you want to, in some cases, be the grammar police and point out somebody's grammatical mistake when they actually have the rest of their sentence more gram grammatically correct than you do. And I think it's a little silly. And honestly, I think that's an indication of what somebody is. If somebody goes out there and makes statements correcting somebody else's grammar, I think that's more of an indictment on them. That being said, I look at grammar and I do think that the use of complete sentences is something that has fallen away from the English language. A lot of it has to do with technology. A lot of it has to do with the fact that people are busy and multitasking. And, you know, if you're putting together a quick email to reach out to somebody, uh, you're doing it in a very speedy fashion just to get it done and just to get it over with. You may not necessarily spend the time to proofread it or edit it, or you just want to get the message out as quick as you can. So you're using abbreviations and acronyms and shortening of words. But I, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn because... I, I try to teach, you know, my daughter and when my son grows up you now and is old enough that if you want to separate yourself in the business world, and even if you're not in the business world, if you want to look a lot more professional than other people, use complete sentences. Take that extra time to put a period after each one of the statements that you make. 
you know, use the best grammar that you possibly can. You know, can you make a mistake here and there? Sure. But edit it. Look back and say, oh, you know what? I made a mistake there. Should he use a different word? Um, if you, you, I could always tell if I'm speaking to somebody, whether it's email or text, to somebody that's got experience writing because of the pride that they take in the writing their complete sentences, the pride that they take in using the right words over others. You'll, you won't see many gra grammatical mistakes by somebody that takes their writing seriously. But, you know, we're living in a country right now that is getting so far away from it that is all about abbreviations. It's all about, you know, your... You know what your different shortening of a word or your acronym is of the week that I think it's it's taken away from professionalism and it's something that kind of is frustrating to me so we're going to close the show with a little bit of a recap I do want to thank everybody for tuning in once again this is the past ball show brought to you by johnpla.com as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson New Jersey NFL picks they'll be up on the website they got Dallas um, I'm sorry Detroit plus three at Dallas the Jets plus seven and a half at Jacksonville, Philadelphia minus three and a half at Tennessee, San Francisco, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers minus ten and a half at home against San Francisco, and Seattle minus three at Arizona. Ryder Cup, listen, uh, I mean, obviously you're diehard golf fans, understand that this is a tradition that the sport has had for many years. Best players in the United States going up against the best players in Europe. But I made that Little League World Series comparison that, you know, why is it that the United States gets a guaranteed spot in the World, Little League World Series finals every year, but every other team in, or sorry, every other country in the world's got to compete with itself for the right to play the United States. I don't think it's as drastic when it comes to the Ryder Cup, but I do think it's something that should be considered. You know, some good matchups this weekend, obviously, some very good players picked from the, the USA and the world. So if you're a golf fan, you might want to see some of those head-to-head -head matches as we get through the weekend. Obviously, big uh, uh, line of games in the NFL this week. You got the baseball season, Major League Baseball finishing up. I'll be at City Field tomorrow with uh, David Wright's last uh, start in regards to being a player for the New York Mets. I think that's something that should draw some attention. Obviously, you have the playoff races in the National League finishing themselves up. Um, Hooters, we mentioned about that today. Is it a little bit of a double standard? How, you know, they, you know, in a world of complete political correctness, which we're trying to strive towards, it is almost getting thrown in our face day after day and probably a little bit too much. You know, you're looking at an establishment that is given a different set of criteria when it's judging the people that they employ. Grammar, uh, if we hit a day and age where grammar just doesn't matter anymore, um, can you separate yourself from a professional standpoint by using better grammar, by writing complete sentences, by not using acronyms and shortening of words and certain letters of the alphabet that are spelled out and meant in, to be other words? It's all interesting to figure out. So I hope everybody has a good weekend. Once again, thank you for joining the show, being part of the show, being part of my family. Hope everybody has a nice weekend. We'll be back with you Monday, NFL recap, and anything going on in the world of baseball, sports, and unifying America. God bless you, and as always, I'll see you on the other side.